In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. All this is but the beginnings of the birth pangs. There is much apocalyptic writing about the end times in this season of the cross. We found it last week, we find it this week, and it culminates in the Holy Cross of Varak next week, which talks about Jesus' return and signs of his return. Now, there is a connection between the cross and the end times in the Armenian language. So it's explicit. We use the same word, nishan, nishank, to refer to them both often. And the connection between the cross and the end of human history, though, is even deeper and more visceral than just a word. Because, as today's reading brings out, there is a visceral element, a pain and a sacrifice, temporarily, associated with both. Because just as the Son of Man experienced excruciating suffering in his final days, the Old and the New Testament both predict that the same will be true for mankind in our final days. Jesus says there'll be great suffering and injustice. There'll be wars between peoples, brothers, disease and disasters preceding the coming of the kingdom. Are we in those times now? Is this when we live? Well, we just emerged from a global pandemic and we're told there's more and worse to expect. Our poor stewardship of God's earth is contributing to disasters on a great scale. All of these old territorial disputes that were cold and cold wars are now becoming hot wars. Politics in this and many other countries reveals some profound divisions between people about cultural norms and moral values, even about, frankly, what is true and what is false. And just imagine if you lived in Armenia, where this Wednesday's celebration of 31 years of independence is overshadowed by bombing of civilians and the ever-present threat of war and division from within. So I can understand why, when I went to Armenia this past summer, I talked to one of my relatives who said, I think the end is near. This can't go on any longer. Maybe these are the final days that Jesus was speaking about. I think they are, but not because I have any insight as a priest. In fact, Jesus says in next week's reading that no one knows this at all. And not because these days are on the whole more sinful than any other days in the past. I believe these are the end days because as I always tell you, I believe that the Bible isn't just true for one time, it's true once and always. God's word rings true at all times, whether you happen to live in 122 AD, 1022 AD, 2022 AD. And in all of the readings of this season of the cross, Jesus is raising his voice saying his father's good creation has been tainted with suffering, injustice, division, and disaster. We can't abide this any longer. It must come to an end soon. But now here's the thing. Just as our tendency to lose our way affects all people at all times and is a repeating story, 
so too, too does our chance to find our way. And Jesus gives us this profound hope in the verses right before Matthew's end times reading where he puts all this suffering into perspective with a beautiful metaphor saying, all this is but the beginnings of the birth pangs. That's right. That suffering, injustice, division, and disaster, whether it's in our society or whether in our personal lives, these are all like the intense pains of childbirth, which when gotten through, deliver the greatest, most expected gift of abundant life. Yes, there was blood on the cross. There will be blood leading to the final days of men. There always has been. We can't get around the suffering of the world or the suffering in our personal lives, but with Jesus, we have a way through it. It's not the end of the road. It's the beginning of a new way to new life. And this way from suffering to salvation sounds good, of course, but like many things in church, it can just remain a lofty and comforting idea that has little to do with your and my daily life. Our church tries to fight against this, and it does so by dedicating five feasts to the cross throughout the year. One last week, one next week, three other during the year. There's crosses everywhere. There's crosses over your heart. I crossed you a dozen different times in liturgy. I hope you cross yourself a dozen times during your day because these all urge us to bring down to earth the cross-shaped way of suffering unto new life, which Jesus literally brought down to earth. It urges us to remember and to see the cross as the most practical and helpful tool of all mankind, sort of a daily passageway from suffering into joy. So how does it work? It might work in a different way for you. But the cross reminds us of what Jesus did with the daily suffering, injustice, division, and betrayal of his day. And the key to it is rather than reacting to any evil, any violence with revenge, any betrayal with an iron fist, any sin with condemnation, Jesus instead absorbed them on the cross. And in this way, by bearing evil instead of transmitting it, the cross remains the only proven means of defeating evil in this world. And this does not mean, to repeat again, that we are doormats as individuals, as countries, as people, and we don't defend ourselves. If you take Armenia as an example, and a tough example today, Bearing the cross would be not fighting terrorism by terrorism. Bearing the cross is not repaying civilian bombing with bombing civilians. It means we don't react to dictators by becoming dictatorial. Instead, we defend ourselves with honor, with conviction, and always in the firm belief that evil eventually defeats itself and God's justice prevails. And we hold firmly to the cross, which is like a great lightning rod for a world charged with sin, dissipating the evil of Satan so that more damage is not done. So this way of the cross is not just for Jesus for one time, but for all his followers, all of us at all times. And it can work very powerfully and practically against the evil in our society. For example, in this country, in upcoming midterms elections, 
Each side is trying to demonize the other and entice you to pick a side. And followers of the way, though, don't react, do not join either crusade, but we rather absorb the anger and the distrust and the judgment and try to speak our best truth with love. When someone at work or home disrespects you by doing things behind your back or making you look bad before others, followers of the cross do not react by knocking down the wrongdoer in turn, but disarm the person and situation by reacting with forgiveness, by reacting with prayer. It's hard. It's hard for me. It's hard for you. And this suffering, this injustice, division, disaster, and death between us, within us, has always been and always will be. Yet we can't be passive in the face of evil. We can't abide by it any longer. It must come to an end. For though the problems of sin and suffering has always been with us, so has the solution, which is greater still. And the solution is the way of the cross, the way which absorbs and disarms suffering and evil. And by this way, we will all find that all of our suffering are merely like birth pangs of a renewed creation around us and within us, whose glory begins now, but remains always, now and always, and unto the ages of ages.